everybody, and welcome to episode 120, Crunch Time, with the N326 Duo. I am your host, Sam Gatsy, and with me today, as always, is Tanner Dizzle. Tanner, how are you doing? I tell you what, Sam, I'm doing pretty well. You know why our Hawkeyes, Iowa Hawkeyes men's basketball, a team that has really struggled throughout the year, coming in with two quad one wins over the past couple days had zero previously on the season big wins at home against uh against wisconsin who i mean top 25 ranked team and then going to michigan state who's ranked 20th net uh getting a win on the road at michigan state two big time wins for a team desperately trying to do anything they can to get into the uh into the dance so i'm doing pretty well on that front but i will say my Sundays are a lot, lot, lot more wide open now. First Sunday without NFL football definitely felt weird, but we got college basketball to take over our Saturdays for us. So the transition ain't too bad, but that's a long way of saying I'm doing well, man. How are you? Man, I'm I'm doing good, man. I mean, like you said, it's coming down to the wire in every uh, college basketball conference. We're heading into um, the turn conference tournaments within the next couple weeks um so super excited about that but we got an action-packed episode for y'all we're gonna kick it off as we always do tanner who is your winner of episode 120 yeah man so we got some news today actually uh we're recording on tuesday the 20th we got some news today about the college football playoff their expanded playoff Uh, We all know how it's going to 12 teams this past year. And they announced that they're officially adopting. Not only are they adopting a a conference championship model where uh, the top seeds will be the will be ranked within the the uh, pool of conference champions. But specifically, the big news that they've decided to take five conference champions because it always heavily rumored that they were going to go with six. Um, you know, the power five and then one more group of five, whether that be the American, maybe a Mac team, you know, all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, maybe one of those teams can slide in there and get into the playoff as a, as a conference champion. Um, but it was announced today that they decided to go with five plus seven, which I think is a fantastic decision given the impending, uh, the impending doom of the Pac-12. So uh, they're going with five, the top five seeds will all be conference champions, uh, and then we'll have seven at large to round out the 12. I think this was a fantastic decision. First off, I was a big proponent of the auto bids, especially, uh, you know, there, there was some argument about if they went to an eight-team playoff, I think I would have been anti-auto bids, but they went to 12, getting a few more at large in there. I'm very pro. Uh, maybe we can even convince Something like that will convince teams like Notre Dame and uh, convince BYU, a previously independent team, to go ahead and join a conference. They join the Big 12. Um, so it'll it'll promote conference joining, which will only make schedules tougher, games better, uh, and more deserving teams will end up there in the end. So I'm a big proponent of this, man. I love how they went down to five with the Pac-12 no longer in commission. Uh, and then seven at-large is still plenty to get to get round out the field with some teams who maybe didn't win their conference. So I'm a big proponent of it. I, I love it. So I, it's got to be a winner for me, man. It's, it seems like we we drastically upgraded the format uh, from last year to this year. Yeah, it's definitely an upgrade. I'm interested to see how it pans out because it's 
skip the seven is still going to be determined by the college football playoffs uh, selection committee. So that's definitely going to be an interesting part. But I didn't realize how spread, I guess, spread out uh, the schedule is going to be. So the first round is going to be December 20th and 21st. Then the core finals 31st and January 1st. Then semis January 9th and 10th. And then the national championship on January 20th. Oh, wow. So is that just me or does that seem super spread out? Yeah, I mean, it's like a I, week I, and a half. So, like, you know, a normal, normal thing yeah. is going to be weak. Um, so they're given a, a few extra days to rest. I mean, you know, from a spectator standpoint, I'm sure they'll be, they'll be sprinkled, or I guess, when's the first game again? December 20th and 21st. Oh, yeah. So at least so the be some, they'll be sprinkled with some yeah. other bowl games in there. Um, yeah, but uh, but towards the end, it might get a little dragged on. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, as a, you always want teams to be healthy, so giving teams, you know, a little extra time to rest up and everything. But, yeah, on the surface, it does look like it's a little stretched out. Yeah. It, it's definitely a step in the right direction for sure. Um, but for my winner, I got a couple here, Tanner. Uh, college baseball uh, kicked off last week. Um, and I, I want to recognize this guy, Parker Bird of Eastern Carolina. He uh, actually lost his leg in a mm. boat, tragic boat, boating accident in 2022 had 22 surgeries and this past week he became the first player to ever play d1 baseball with a prosthetic leg an inspiring story of perseverance not i mean do you know what he did in the at i don't know all right that's not, not that that matters whatsoever but yeah i got a single with that i mean he's the king right he's yeah right the king of of what team you play for, you said? Eastern Carolina. East Carolina. Oh. Seems like uh, you maybe should have not gone to a school with an aquatic theme, like pirate. Yeah, maybe. Seas, but that's all right. It's... Still, yeah. Yeah, what a, a, absolutely what crazy. Incredibly, uh, what a, you know, an incredibly inspiring story. Uh, playing, I mean, it's baseball. You know how much, you know, when you're hit, hitting a baseball, how much power and torque you need to gather from your lower half um, yeah. yeah it just i don't i don't know how you do it I, I simply don't yeah it's absolutely awesome speaking of another awesome moment i want to shout out a seventh grader from bishop ryan catholic school in north dakota there was a viral video that came out of this man hitting four straight shots during a halftime show, made a layup, a free throw, a three-pointer, and half-court shot in just 25 seconds. I did see that clip. Four for four. Absolutely electric to win 10K as a seventh grader. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, dude, there's, there are a few things that are more hype than, you know, it's a big game, stadium's crowded, and then when they bring someone in to do one of the shooting uh shooting competitions and they usually culminate in a half court shot. Sometimes it's just a half court shot and he makes it. It's over. It is absolutely over. The, the place goes crazy. There's a crazy buzz in the, in the, uh, in the arena. And yeah, you're, you're opposing and keep in mind the opponent's probably trying to talk some strategy and actually draw up a play or talk, talk yeah. about defensive philosophy. And then in the middle of it, the place just erupts. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, it's it, it's over if if the opposing team fan hits a half court shot, it's over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back to Parker Bird, he actually drew a walk uh, to reach base, so that is pretty crazy. So yeah. Um, now let's flip it on the other side. Thanks, Tanner. Who is your loser of the episode? Yeah, this was a, a pretty easy decision, man. He saw some of the comments uh, coming out of uh, New York City. Um, Rick Pitino, head coach of uh, of St. John's, had some choice words after uh, they've had a less than stellar start to their season in his tenure uh, with the Red Storm. Here is a string of of uh, quotes from Mr. Patino after after a loss. Uh, he said, look, Joel, who's one of his players, Joel is slow laterally. He's not fast on the court. Chris Ledlam is slow laterally. Sean Conway's slow laterally. Brady's physically weak. Drissa is slow laterally. That's like six of his players that he called slow or weak. Uh, next one, after I spent the summer with them, I knew it was going to be a difficult year. I knew it. I was just hoping we could finish 500 for the season. So he's calling them slow, weak, and bad. Next one, it's not the job. You you could be at Missouri and recruit slow players. Believe me, this this is or that's not St. John's. We had to put together a team at the last second. We will never ever do that again. So they're slow, weak, bad. They're also not the players he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have shitty facilities? Yes, we do but we're doing something about that. Also taking, going and attack at, at the university and, and the stuff at the university. And then lastly, to be honest with you, I'm just getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown can definitely beat us. So slow, weak, bad. I didn't want you. I have no faith. We're going to win our next game. Mm-hmm. We have terrible facilities. Um, this is a textbook on how to not start your tenure at a university, he attacked everybody, players, assistant coaches, uh, athletic directors, uh, uh, everything, everything with the facilities. He went, he went at everybody. Nobody was safe. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, this is a now string of, of Rick Pitino not really being the best guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, and this, this is further proof of it. And the tweet that I see this, it has it's a screenshot of the stretch of quotes and it says, I cannot imagine being a high school basketball player reading these quotes and then choosing to play for Rick Pitino over literally any scholarship offer because you will be called slow. You will be called bad. You will be called, uh, you will be called, you'll be part of a team that you didn't, he didn't want. And other teams can quote, definitely beat us garbage stuff from Rick Pitino. I hate that man's guts. I, I don't know how he keeps getting big time jobs after all this stuff comes out, but you're an absolute loser, man. So you're the loser of the episode. Unreal stuff. Yeah. And he even mentioned, this is the most unenjoyable time of his life. Yeah. He basically hates um, his life. He's yeah. Telling everyone, everybody, everybody that he works with, everybody that he coaches, everybody that mm-hmm. I hate it here. Yeah. It, it, absolutely crazy. And then you got Dan Hurley uh, a couple of years ago, 2020 uh, Yukon was bad. They were ten and we're seven, back. one and three in the American, and he basically, everyone kind of knew what was going on there, um, but he said they need to get us now because they won't in the future. And look what's happened with that program. They are struggling to Creighton right now, forty three twenty nine at half, but they have been far and away the best team this year. 
beating uh, number four Marquette by 28 points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Completely flipped around the program. It's it's night and day. Someone one person's got excuses for days, and one person's got championships. Yeah. Staying on the side of loser head coaches, a reoccurring loser, Rodney Terry. Yes, the oh, Texas Longhorns head coach. Um, after the Houston game a couple days ago, uh, he said, "You got to be built for it. If we were going to still stay in this league with these guys, he was talking about Houston, we'd have to build." To having that physicality, you know what I mean, and things of that nature. So basically what this man said is, I'm leaving the Big 12 for a softer league being the SEC. I I don't have to worry about Kansas. I don't have to worry about Arizona coming in. I don't have to worry about uh, Oklahoma's having a good year. I don't need to worry about Iowa State. State. I don't need to worry about even BYU. Yeah. no, Texas I guess Tech. I, I said Oklahoma. The Texas with Tech. Yeah, I don't have to worry about Texas Tech, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead, all I have to worry about is uh, in the state. Yeah. Yeah. No, Kansas, <laughs> all I have to worry about is like Kentucky, Tennessee, basically. Yeah. If it's what he's thinking. Arkansas, depending on the year. Depending right? on the year. Not this year, but that's a story for another day. Tanner. Tough. Charming tough. We got a new segment. New segment alert. New, new segment, segment alert. alert. And this is called. Mad about Iowa. You know, can I? Can we? Is this Mad about Iowa episode two? Because I think I mentioned it a little bit a few episodes ago uh, when we talked about Cheryl Swoops. Uh, everybody's got to be mad about Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. So this new segment, there's going to be kind of two viewpoints: why everyone is mad about Iowa, and why the fans of Iowa are mad about Iowa. So, Tanner, let's start on the everyone side. Talk to me. Why yeah. are people mad at Iowa? Our boy Jay Williams is <laughs> at it again. Uh, he went on college game day. They were talking about Caitlin Clark and her setting the all-time scoring record, which I guess we hadn't mentioned to this point. But yeah, shout-out. Shout-out, Caitlin Clark. We all 49 knew, points. We all knew it was happening. Fight Dropped 49, <laughs> including a logo three, of course, to uh, to actually set the record. Uh, but she went ahead, set the record. She currently has 3,569 points. Not bad at all. Past Kelsey Plume. Past Kelsey Plume, yes. So, uh, you know, that's been the talk of the college basketball world. world. College basketball world. So, on college game day, big time game between Why? Auburn and... Kentucky, Kentucky, Tennessee. Kentucky or Tennessee, one of the two. Uh, I think it was Kentucky. So they Auburn, Kentucky. They're in Auburn, and Jay Williams goes out and says that she first off, in he, he did he did call her the Steph Curry of women's basketball. A I mean a a, a comparison that has never been made before. Yeah, uh, for sure. But but yes, yeah, so he, he is comparing her obviously to a fantastic basketball player in Steph Curry, great shooter, greatest of all time. I get it. Uh, however. He said that he is not sure he personally cannot call her great because she has yet to win a championship. Uh, I would like I would like to start our comments on this by saying I'm going to read out a bunch of names, Sam. What do these people 
all have in common. You ready? Yep, let's hear it. Uh, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Dan Marino, Ernie Banks, Chris Paul, just to name a few. Hold on, I got to. It was it was over multiple <laughs> tweets, so I got to get the. There it is. Okay. Um, Ken Griffey Jr., Tony Gonzalez, Randy Moss, Barry Sanders, the seventy-three and nine Warriors, mm. the seventeen and one Patriots. Mm. What do all of those names and teams have in common? They're obviously not great because they didn't win a ring. They did not win a ring. Also, just so happens that all the players are either still playing or in the Hall of Fame. Not great. Not great. Not great. Oh, and Caitlin Clark plays college basketball, where 68 teams, which is more than double any professional sports league has in the entirety of their league, 68 teams get a chance yeah. to play for a title. More Again, <laughs> more than double than any other sports league, let alone how many make the playoffs. Yeah. And then that, even that, is dub- further doubled for how many college teams there are. So it is insanely harder to win a championship in college than it is in the pros. Using national championships as a as a measure for how great someone is in college is beyond idiotic. Beyond idiotic. And everything we just talked about was professionally, all of those people professionally didn't win a ring. How many of them did in college? Way less than, or way more than that didn't win in college because it is almost impossible to do so in four years' time. Yeah. Wild. That is just unbelievable how, how, how that is even being talked about. And then he tries, he tries to justify it by claiming that, like, oh, like, you know, I'm just cut from a different cloth. It's, 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 it's the, the Kobe, Kobe in me. Shut up. <laughs> the Kobe in you? Get the hell out of here. You were a, you were a college basketball player who went to one of the greatest college, ball basketball, college basketball programs. Put him at a, at Iowa. Bro's not scoring ten points. Bro's team is not making the dance. Yeah. Let alone leading them to a national championship. That's the Kobe and me. Get the hell out of here, you absolute bum. Yeah. It, it was a wild, wild statement. Um. To use, I don't even know why he brought up the Kobe mentality. To be honest, like it was just kind of out there. I I still don't really know why he said that. Yeah, it's just like I'm tough like Kobe. Yeah, it's uh, bro. Kobe was by far the biggest proponent, like biggest supporter of women's basketball. You telling me he wouldn't be raving about Caitlin Clark, and just like let's break down. That she is not great. She is literally the face of an entire sport. We haven't seen a athlete be the face of a sport since LeBron. Since 
let's just put it how it is. Um, she's making women's basketball relevant. Like, is being talked about every sports center newscast ever. I mean, I was watching a college basketball game a couple nights ago. They mentioned Caitlin Clark breaking this uh, all-time scoring. Um, and then, after that, she becomes a fanatics, one of the biggest, biggest sports good or sports memorabilia. Memorabilia. She becomes their top-selling NIL person. Oh, and speaking of LeBron, LeBron shouting her out in the press conference after the All-Star game. I just won just because she doesn't have a ring in a sport where there is 68 teams makes absolutely no sense to me, Tanner. And well, but to be fair, we're, we're just we just we're just not Kobe. We're not Kobe. We're, yeah, it's not the Kobe yeah. pass. Like, get the hell out of here. Wild. On, on, yeah, it, it, I'm just so tired of people over just taking shots at, without a doubt, the greatest to ever do it in the women's game. Be, because, because God knows why. Like, yeah. just because someone's great Shit. and I feel like they have to tear them down, right? Shit. Yeah. It's really, really frustrating. Hey, she um, might be the greatest college basketball yeah. player ever, period, and, regardless. And also, Tad... Uh, the cherry on top, uh, dear Mr. J. Williams, Caitlin Clark very easily could have gone to UConn, have three championships by now. She very easily could have gone to LSU and won every game by 50-plus <laughs> yeah. last year, uh, but she didn't. She, she stayed at home and led the University of Iowa to a national championship game in which they beat South Carolina undefeated South Carolina on their way there. Who who at the time had the number one WNBA pick. Who had Boston. the number one WNBA like, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's so it's funny. It's getting ridiculous. And I'm getting tired of coming on here and complaining about other people tearing down Caitlin Clark. But I, y- you have to. When people will just do whatever they can to take someone who is accomplishing something nobody has ever done before, and the first thing out of their mouth is, well, she's not this. Well, she didn't do this. But this. F that. She's the greatest to ever do it, no matter what you say, and she is showing you why. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Jay Williams, you're a psycho. Now, Tanner, let's, let's look on the other side of things. Our Iowa fans hate or mad about Iowa. Well, another Ference might be on the horizon. <laughs> um, yeah, so his Kirk Ference's other son, um, his name James Ference. James. James. He he's he was with the Patriots for a while. Uh, he actually just retired today um, on Tuesday. Retired from the NFL. So uh, I mean. He's been retired for about eight hours or so, and he has not quite yet been hired uh, by the University of Iowa. Uh, however, I will give it, I would say give it an, a, within the next 12 hours. By, by the time this episode airs, it'll probably, he'll, he'll probably be on this staff. Let's be honest. We're recording on Tuesday night. I, I, I like our chances. And so, yeah. Uh, Everybody's got to be mad about Iowa, as we said. 
Uh, and fans have to be mad because this is we're just gonna have another nepotism hire, another another son, another family member take over and and coach. And it's I don't see a way in which this ends well. So yeah, Iowa fans also have to be mad about it. Yeah, absolutely. James Ferentz, future O line uh, coach specialist, whatever. Um, for Iowa football, for sure. Got to be, right? Yeah. Tim Lester, get him on the staff. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, that's, no. But a- any more reasons you can think why Iowa fans would be mad at Iowa? No, man, not after, I mean, the obviously the, the women's team is, is great, and the, the fanfare we had in Carver-Hawkeye after, after Caitlin dropped 49, Iowa obliterated. Michigan, yeah. and I think they're number four, currently up to number four in the nation. Big one, though, on Thursday. Travel to Bloomington, take on. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. 14, I want to say, uh, Indiana. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then the men coming off the two big wins, like I said. So uh, I think that's it for now. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure once Caitlin drops like 60 later this week, there'll be fans mad saying she, she cherry-picked or something. Yeah. But – we talked about how everyone is mad about Iowa. Let's talk about how everybody is mad at the NBA. Last weekend was the All-Star weekend, if that's what you want to call it. Um, we'll, we'll, ki- we'll kick it off with the... Just get, Actually, let's just give me your overall thoughts. On the entire weekend. Oh, boy. Uh, now, I recognize that I am no longer 12 years old. That seeing uh, NBA players do alley-oops and shoot half-court shots and play a game in which the winning team scores over 200 points, uh, it's just not really fun for me anymore. Um, which, again, I... I I recognize that, but I also think, and I don't think I'm alone by saying, I mean, the quality of, of, of the whole weekend has just completely plummeted. Um, that along with, again, my personal enjoyment, I don't really care if Damian Lillard shoots a half court shot. When I was 12, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Like, I don't really care if Giannis does a between the leg dunk. When I was 12, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Like, I, you know, I just don't care about that stuff anymore. Um, and I, I'd love to get the perspective of, like, a young basketball fan of seeing their favorite players do all this crazy stuff is still, like, really fun for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I can tell you what, it's not for me. I mean, the game, I, the only thing worth a damn, I think, in the entire weekend is the, is the three-point contest. Because, like, it's never changed. Like, yeah. you, you, there's no there's no give or take with it. It's just... You're a damn good shooter. Shoot the damn ball and see how many you mm-hmm. make, and we'll get other damn good shooters and do the same. And I love watching the three-point contest, uh, but things with any sort of imagination, like the dunk contest, my goodness, the uh, the all-star game, it's just turned into a joke. And yeah, that's fine. Like I, it's it's okay. It's just not that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. Know. So so I was not very impressed with the weekend, um, and spe- coming off the Super Bowl. And then it was like, oh, and then we have also yeah. weekend. This should be fun, right? It just really wasn't. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's been kind of disappointing. NBA, uh, we obviously again talk about this All Star Weekend a little more in depth, but even the trade deadline, there's no major blockbuster trades. You got your boy Alec Burks back, so and, and, Burks is back, and we called uh we called the uh, Thunder getting some veteran uh, presence at the small forward, so two for two. I said Alex Caruso. They got Gordon Hayward. I feel like they're. I feel like they're. They're worse. Yeah, uh, there's worse. There's worse for sure. Comparisons between players than those two. Yeah. So let let's. I just want to give the people a rundown of how truly bad this uh, this um, All Star Weekend was. We had the Skills Challenge. Uh, we had the Pacers, the number one picks, which was Victor Wembanyama. Uh, Anthony Edwards and Paulo Bencaro, All Stars, Sky Barnes, Tyrese, and Trey Young, and then we had Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Mathurin, Miles Turner, the Indiana players. Uh, one, um, Scotty Barnes <laughs> was, was probably the most pathetic All Star I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, we started off hot with in the skills competition and just losing the ball. He was yeah, with losing the ball, lose it out of bounds. Shooting backwards. backwards. This uh, competition was to make a half court shot. Mm-hmm. He shot a few back or one, yeah. at least one backwards. Did, like, did like, you see Anthony Edwards? He he put up. He was shooting left-handed. I did see that. Yeah. Yep. He shot one left-handed. So, uh, I, yeah, it, it's little stuff like that, right? Because like, obviously, I'm not gonna get come up here and just get super. Oh, he shot it left-handed. But like, w- when you when you see this, I understand it's supposed to be fun, but it's supposed to be fun in which players are trying to win like yeah they clearly have no interest in what's going no. on so if they don't why should i yeah exactly and then we had the three-point contest the the best event easily uh, i think it's pretty easily the best i event. do think one rivals it uh for this year for sure um but our eight participants in the three-point contest were malik beasley of the Bucks, Jalen Brunson for Knicks, Tyrese Halburn for Pacers, Damian Lillard, Laurie Markinen, Donovan Mitchell, Cat, and Trey Young. Lillard came on top back to back with 26 points. So, no, again, nothing crazy there, but good event. This was probably my favorite event. Steph versus Sabrina. Um, I see. Okay. I, I, I was looping it all as one as yeah. a three point contest. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, okay. This this specific this one was Steph versus Sabrina was by so, far the best thing. This one was awesome. Uh, finally got um a battle between the WNBA best shooter and the Just NBA knockdown uh, shooter. Knockdown. Um, it was really close. Um, they both shot from the NBA three point line and uh. Ionesco shot WNBA balls and Curry shot NBA balls. So it's not like Fair there's much sport. different. Uh, Curry only won 29 to 26. Oh, Sabrina scored 26. Yeah, remind me what they Remind had. me what 26. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. And this is where I want to bring up our favorites. Kenny Smith. What the hell? I, 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 you know, we've talked about it. Oops. We've talked about it for a while. Uh, the worst part about the NBA, 
Oh, I think there are, there are two bad things about the NBA. Because frankly, I, I'm going to enjoy your basketball. I like to watch players play basketball. Two things I don't like. One, I mean, NBA egos, the demanding of trades. I mean, player empowerment in general is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but someone like James Harden demanding three trades in four years, mm-hmm. un- like unreal stuff. Yeah. Um. So that is really annoying to me. And the second one, by far, I think far and away the worst part about the league is the media around the league. The coverage of the league is awful. It's terrible. It is. I, I, I can't even stress it enough how much it just really annoys me. Uh, and that culminates in the All-Star. <laughs> There's no no brighter lights, no all the stars, they all all that stuff. Uh, and the NBA on TNT crew, yeah. uh, people who enjoy that crew, I swear, hate basketball. They hate everybody who, who – Everybody who, who talks about the game and breaks down the game at a high level, they hate them all. They just want to hear people talk gibberish about not knowing where people play, not knowing uh, uh, who players are. Like, this is the league you cover, yeah. and you can't name what team – like, unbelievable how these guys have a platform, yeah. and let alone people enjoy them. Uh, they're garbage, absolute garbage. But, of course, they had to just spew about nonsense yeah. constantly all weekend, and this, I think, was the worst example. Yeah, absolutely. I – I do want to push back on all media for NBA. I think there are two exceptions and two exceptions only. JJ Redick. JJ Redick. Uh, Ernie Johnson. And Ernie Johnson. Johnson. Okay. Glad we are on the same page. Um, but yeah, it it's so bad. I, um, we had the Kenny Smith just shit talking Sabrina when she would have tied. The winner of the NBA three-point contest, absolutely ridiculous. Yes, um, what was his quote? Uh, he he he. I think he had said that. Oh man, Sabrina should have should have shot from the WNBA line. Yeah, like like she didn't. Uh, again, tie the winner of the damn event. Yeah. Uh, but also, I would like to draw attention to the fact that uh, when in doing this, she did not say, "I will beat Steph Curry." She did not say that I know I'm going to beat him. I need to do this because I'm going to beat him. She said, I can hang with him. And you can say with 100% certainty, she can hang with him. Yeah. She lost by three to the greatest shooter of all time. The best shooter of all time. She lost by three. Would have won the damn event uh, if she was actually in it. Uh, just just un- unreal circumstance for him to just go and be like, oh, she should have done this. She should have done that. No, yeah. she shouldn't have done anything. She was a dead-eye shooter. She would have won the damn thing. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. I mean, talk about a great moment to promote the game and of WNBA. That is BS, dude. And he did make a comment. Much ado about nothing, honestly. Most people who know basketball understood. I was advocating for her more than anything else. No, you weren't. Bro. My track record speaks for it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so while while we're on the actually we'll wait we'll wait for the um the rest of the amazing NBA on TNT crew because uh Chuck had a interesting comment during the All Star game but we'll wait on that because we have to talk about the electric the best part the headliner. All-Star Weekend, the dunk contest. 
the NBA question mark dunk contest because we had Mac McClung mm-hmm. of the Magic's G League team, Hame Jaquez. Jaquez. Hame Hawkins. Hame Hawkins. Thank you for the Miami Heat. And the all star himself, Jalen Brown. <laughs> and Jacob Toppin of the New York Knicks slash Westchester Knicks. Tanner, the absolute worst dunk contest ever. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, uh, the dunks were bad. The show was bad. The judges were. The judges were. There was one. God off. There was one judge. that God off. He was straight up hating. The 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 first. We both agree. Mac McClung's first dunk was the best dunk. It was the best of the night by far, and one person gave it a forty-six. That's straight up hating. That is <laughs> that is hating to the highest degree. You got respect. You got to be I mean, at that point. Cap at that. But yeah, I mean, it's the dunk's terrible. The the, the people who advance to the next round. I mean, McClung probably deserved to see the best one For sure. best dunk of of the entire night. But Jalen Brown, simply put, did not deserve it. Uh, you had two people basically do the same thing and dunk over Shaq. And then he, he was like, you know what? I'm going to bring out a 5'4 a, a YouTuber. And then I'm going to have him sit down. Yep. And then I'm going to jump over him. And then after I dunk and I'm clearly done with my dunk, I'm going to cover my eye like a dab almost. And it's like, mm, I wonder if they think I did that while I was dunking. Uh, what, like, what the heck? It was just awful, man. And there was no buzz in the building. People were booing Jalen Brown. Electric. Shout out Indy for that. Shout out Indy. Shout that out was Indy. electric. That was awesome. Cause they, like, that was the just, best part. Let's and, be honest. And, like, and I think there are multiple things at play. I mean, I think the players themselves, it's clear they don't care. They don't spend much time coming up with dunks. There's no creativity. Like, bringing out the cupcake. People who would bring out the higher rims, they'd slap on the backboard. Yeah. There's like one of my favorite dunks of all time was when Dwight Howard, like, he bounced it and then he like tapped it off the backboard from one side yeah. to the other side. JaVale McGee did three balls. Like it was all so creative. And then they just like people just stopped. Even the theatrics were like out jerseys, capes, capes, cars. Yeah. Like the the, the theatrics are, are gone. People just don't care enough to plan it. Yeah. And uh, again, that it goes sucks. to the if they don't care, why should I? Yeah. And 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 now we're we're in a we're in a we're spiraling downward because there's no winning. Like, how long have we been doing the dunk contest? Like, I understand. I was just saying, there's no creativity anymore. But like, every dunk's been done. Like, what what other dunk can someone think of that that hasn't been mm-hmm. done? So, and when the the public reception is what it is and most dunks have been done like what star would do that like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you have a you have a uh, you know a brand to uphold and then you want to put together like a bad dunk dunk contest showing like you don't want to jeopardize any of that so like i get why stars don't do it because it there's it's a zero win situation um but yeah it's just it's cooked it is just so cooked yeah i mean I honestly think uh, Levine and Aaron Gordon kind of I mean, it, set the bar way too it, high. It is the single best dunk I've ever seen in a in a dunk contest when Aaron Gordon jumped over the Magic mascot, went under the legs. It's an absolute travesty that Zach Levine won that. Uh, he shouldn't have even sniffed the uh, sniffed the the shoes of of Aaron Gordon. But of course, yeah. we all know. 
But yep. yeah, and then once once Aaron Gordon was out, other people started not caring and not and it's cooked. It's just absolutely cooked. Uh it was just <laughs> it was just awful. Um the and then the All Star game <laughs> itself. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do want to point out um, a couple of things. The G League has a dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the NBA dunk contest. Um, if you haven't seen this Tavion Kinsey three hundred and sixty fake East Bay from the G League dunk contest is oh, watch this. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that, dude, that's 20 times better than anyone's ever. I know. I know. I know. If you haven't looked it up, look it up. It's incredible. But I will say, Stephen A. Smith had a idea I actually don't hate. All right, let's hear it. He said there should be a national dunk contest. Go city to city, state to state, nationwide, and... Get the best dunkers and have them compete in a top ten, top five, and get, get like NBA out of it. Get but... like the NBA out. Make them like give a first prize winner. Oh, like a dollar amount. Judge. Yeah. Ooh, you, and like you tell me that like you're totally. Right. I mean, people obviously would be w- much more willing to do it if. You know, they're trying to make a name for themselves or maybe, you know, bring the viewers to their YouTube channel or whatever sort mm-hmm. of dunk, yeah. dunk factory they got going on. Uh, but also get a chance to catch a lob from like Jason Tatum. Yeah. Or like LeBron gets to mm-hmm. bounce it. Excuse me, bounce it for you. That's a that is at a least that's a creative. Idea. That is Shot. a damn good idea. And like you have all the NBA players courtside and you're watching these basically randos going out yeah. and, and dunking and, and incorporating NBA players to pass or throw. Yeah. You know, all that. Jump over all that stuff. Like, yeah, that's a damn good idea. I like yeah. that a lot. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, and like he said, Dan, let's talk about this absolutely <laughs> abysmal game. Um, yeah, uh, the East dominant. They won with like two hundred and eleven points. Um, yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> I mean, so we we can talk about the game. It, it's pathetic. It's a it's worse than a men's rec league team. Literally zero defense. What can you fix? It? I'm 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 not sure you can, man. Like it's it's the the league is just so heavy on media that players' highlights are played all over the place. Mm-hmm. People have instant access via social media, via apps, anything you can imagine. So like they don't need like you remember in some of those old you'll see clips where like. Kobe and MJ are like slapping the floor to like, yeah. you know, I got to prove that I can lock up MJ in the all-star game. You know, there's Jack and Tim Duncan, I want to say doing something similar mm-hmm. in the post. Like they just don't need to do that anymore. Cause everyone constantly sees all of their yeah. dunks, steals, threes, whatever you can imagine. They just, there's just no, there's not a, there's no, no one cares. They all get paid so much money that it just means nothing that they, that doesn't matter if you, play in Milwaukee, you're always you going to have the be, lights. Yeah. You're going to have the red carpet. You're going to have all this. Like this, this doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just the, the allure for the players has fallen. They don't care anymore. And it shows, man, they just go out and play and 
exhibition game, if you can even call it that, mm-hmm. where they just yeah f around on the court, and it's just terrible to watch. It's not yeah. fun at all. Uh, there's scoring records year after year. I don't I don't think anything should be attached to it. I've seen thrown out. Seen yeah, I was just about out. to ask you. I personally don't like that. I don't I, either. I, baseball did it for the longest time. I, I think you should, all-star games should be kept separate. Um, but I, I, I don't really know how you how you fix it. Yeah. Uh, it's just no one cares. And it's just the, the, the era we're in, the stars, the money, the, the, the fame, all yeah. of that stuff. It's just there's just no going back, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say a couple of years ago in like honoring Kobe, uh, with the Elam ending, I'd like that because you got the theatrics, the half court shots, the all the fourth four, quarter was fourth quarter was locked down. Yeah, I, I I think getting rid of the you know getting rid of the target score probably was a mistake. In a game like this, you certainly want the last plays to be active and not yeah. running out clock and foul. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, not that anyone cares. Yeah, me, but um. I, I do think it was a mistake, but I, I I just wonder if the only reason that like people cared was because of the Kobe thing. Yeah. Like where, uh, yeah, and and then, but I I definitely agree that the getting rid of the ending I think was a mistake, but I think it only would have helped so much. Yeah. Um. One thing that was kind of swept under the rug that I think might be a good idea, um, for uh the all-star game is th- instead of the rookie versus sophomore game they had a rising stars tournament and they played to like 35 why not d- split up the all-star teams that's what, that's do what a draft I- and i don't, I don't know how you make it where they give a crap but like there's got to be a way. Yeah, that's what like like money NHL whether it's the- charity and they do like little three on three games. You telling me like a little three on three. I think you, I think you have a run? yeah, and I think you have a better chance of them trying in a half court game to twenty one than you do a twelve twelve minute quarter full game. And, and what if you like do something to make it fun? Like do you know, we used to play when you were, when you were younger? They were told oh the importance of passing. You play three on three in the half court, no dribbles. Yeah, or that be yeah. fun. Like just something different as to a they need to make changes. Game. They absolutely need to make changes. Three on three in the half court, no dribbles. Uh, uh, King of court. King I of think court. that'd be cool. King of the court, absolutely. Like, like do a east versus west bracket, and then I don't know. I Adam Silver, come on. Uh, he was talk about Adam Silver. He was pissed after a game. He's like, well, the East one scoring a two hundred eleven point. He did not want to be there. Um, it it was just terrible. Biggest opportunity to market your stars, and that's what they came out with. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, very disappointing because the All Star Game used to be like the thing in the NBA season, and it, it just be has... pretty fun. The dunk contest used to be really fun. I mean, the Andre Drummond was in the first round of that Aaron Gordon Zach Levine. He would have won. Yeah, he, last he would have won like the last four years. <laughs> I know. It's it's just stupid. Um but the NBA is still going on. Uh, <laughs> it's there's like thirty games left. Um I don't know about you, Tanner, but I my team 
the Thunder are like the best. I think they're the best team in the uh, West right now. If not one, they're two. I think it might, it might be. Minnesota I, I think. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Coach was. It's it's either. I think it top. They're top three. I think it's Minnesota, uh, Clippers, Thunder. I could be wrong. Considering I haven't watched a single minute of the NBA this season. Um, Let's see. Oklahoma City second. They are okay. one and a half games behind Minnesota. Okay. Um. So yeah, that that's going on. Your Knicks are playing. <laughs> Yeah, He's struggling with some injuries this season. Uh, Julius Randle, obviously, being the big one. Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, OG Ananobi all out yeah. right now, which is a little but, tough. But, yeah, New York is still uh, – we're still sitting in the four. Um, obviously, <laughs> no uh, no hot take there, but I would love to get to the three because uh, mm. then, then you're playing like uh, – you know, like like a Indiana. Yeah. You know, if you, when you make it that way, but uh, still fourth, getting healthier, and then as you mentioned, got a little better at the deadline. I think added some depth scoring. Yeah. Uh, and shooting. That's the big thing. Yeah. Adding some shooting in uh, in uh, Alec Burks and uh, um, Ojan Bogdanovich. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the much better basketball product. Let's talk about some college basketball. So. Me and Taylor were discussing how do we cover college basketball. Um, it's really hard when you only have one episode a week, so we're gonna we're gonna try our best. We're gonna highlight the big games, kind of the games to look out for uh, in the future. So I'm a, I'm just gonna highlight some uh, Iowa upsetting Wisconsin, eighty eight to eighty six. UConn obliterating Marquette, 81-53. Ohio State upsetting Purdue. Is that really an upset anymore? 73-69. And then last night we saw Houston beat Iowa State, 73-65. Tanner, these these were kind of the headliner games, obviously. A little different with Iowa being Iowa fans, but give me... What was your biggest takeaway from like the past week in college basketball? Yeah, so th- there are definitely a few I want to talk about. I do want to talk about this Iowa Wisconsin game, but I'm not going to talk about Iowa. I want to talk about Wisconsin for a second because this team is sliding hard right now. They were yeah. up, they were top ten in the nation uh, at one point this year, um, but recently, man, a, a tough stretch. So since uh, since beating Michigan State in at the end of January. They went on and they lost one, two, three, four, uh, four straight. And then they beat Ohio State, who then in turn fired Chris Holtman and then lost to Iowa. So five of their last six, they they were losers of. Um, and in that included a big-time second-half choke against Nebraska. They lost to Purdue. That's okay. They lost to Michigan, the worst team in the Big Ten right now. They lost, uh, they lost to Rutgers by 22. Uh, you know, I mean, that was at the rack, but still, yeah. 22 point uh, loss to Rutgers, and then two point loss to Iowa. So uh, uh, Wisconsin, they need to figure it out because yeah. this is going to turn quick into conference championship, uh, conference tournaments, and then, and then of course the big dance. So a team, I mean, they're in; they're not on the bubble; they're in, but they're sliding, and they they need to figure it out. So so Wisconsin is is a team to look to turn it around. Um, and UConn. I mean, what else? What else is there to say? They are struggling right now. They're down 17 to Creighton as, as we speak. 
At Creighton, um, though, that's a t- tough place to bow Creighton, for anyone. They, they ran into some foul trouble. Uh, I mean, not excuse yeah, me. Yeah, they're kind of getting uh, run off the floor. Their big man yeah, got in, in foul trouble first half early. Clingen got so. in trouble early. But, yes, yeah, so like, again, it's not excusing it because they are getting run off the floor. Uh, but this team's 24-2. and two, And there could be a little bit of a hangover effect because they came off of, as you said, playing number four Marquette and just pounding them into the earth's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh, UConn just as good as ever. I, I, it feels weird to say this as they're losing, but uh, we know how college basketball is on the road, conference games, quality team, stuff like this happens all the time. Um, and then, you know, Purdue losing. Okay. Like the, just the, their play style, man. It's just, I just don't see it happening. The team struggles to score when they don't get it to their abnormally large human being. Um the guard play is, I mean, the guards aren't bad, but the guard play is like a mediocre to above average. And that's not a team that can win a championship, right? Like Fletcher lawyer. Okay. He can, he can shoot the ball a little bit. Uh, some of these other guys can play, but obviously that team goes as far as Zach Eady goes. And, and with refs being different from big 10 game to big 10 game, then to the, to the tournament, I'm going to need to see a big upgrade in guard play from Purdue. Otherwise, they're going to end up where they always do, getting upset in the first couple of rounds. Um, and then Houston, Iowa State, what a great basketball game that was, man! Absolutely, Top, front uh, from from tip to the to the end, great basketball game. Yeah, right. uh, Iowa State, uh, they're they're obviously they're obviously a really good basketball team. I'm a little worried about their offense at times. They go through they go through struggles, but in this game specifically, in the second half, they were seven for nine from deep. In the second half, they were their offense was humming. Still couldn't get it done. Their defense mm-hmm. lapsed uh, as as Houston kind of turned yeah. on the scoring. So putting together a full half because Iowa State's defense was great in the first. They couldn't really score. They scored in the second. Defense couldn't get a stop. Yeah. So Iowa State putting together get putting together a full half. Big for big for the Cyclones, but I do worry about that offense. Yeah. Uh, as we as we head into March, so that, that was a big dump as everything I felt yeah. about some of those big games. Uh, but yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking around the 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 college basketball world right now in the game in the big games from it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is kind of in a more broad sense talking about that um, uh, Iowa State Houston game last night. The Big Twelve has seven ranked teams, right? Now. Yeah, it's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. It's an absolute gauntlet. I'm just getting. Re- I'm looking at these uh, standings right now. So Houston, I'm just going to read you these home records because these are insane. So Houston, fifteen and zero. Iowa State, fifteen and zero. Baylor, thirteen and one. Kansas, thirteen and zero. TCU, eleven and two. Texas Tech, thirteen and one. BYU, thirteen and two. Texas, twelve and four. Oklahoma, twelve. 13 and 3, Cincinnati 12 and 4, Kansas State 12 and 3, UCF 10 and 5, West Virginia 9 and 7, Oklahoma State 10 and 5. It's a gauntlet. Teams in the Big 12 don't lose at home. No. It's been the, what's the longest saying in college basketball, college sports, but specifically college basketball, that any road conference win is, is a damn good win. Uh, that goes like triple in the Big 12. Like, yeah. Teams just don't lose at home. Um, and 
yeah, and all, all those all those ranked teams. I mean, every, every, night after night. It reminds me of remember when the SEC was like this a few years ago. Yeah. When uh, when obviously Tennessee and Kentucky were the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Arkansas was really good. You had uh, like a Mississippi State was ranked for yeah. a while there. Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Like, all, top to bottom, deepest conference, best conference, uh, for sure. But yeah, every night there's a rank there's a ranked matchup. Oh, and and they're getting Arizona next year, who is Arizona. currently ranked. <laughs> Uh, ranked fourth in the nation. Yeah, it's it's stupid yeah. how good that conference is. Um, there's gonna be they're gonna probably have double digit bids in the tournament. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Big Twelve pans out. Uh, in their season tournament, and what'll happen with all these teams in uh in the Big Dance, because you're you've gone through. 20 plus 29 ish games of pure hell. Right. Does, does Will iron, that catch up to does you? Iron sharpen iron or, or does, you know, the, is it just too much? Are you fatigued? Yeah. Are you, you know, it, it is interesting to see how that works because obviously you know, we have these conversations about the SEC, as I mentioned, the big 10 that one year when Iowa was really good. Mm-hmm. Illinois was really good. Like all the, Indiana, yeah. Indiana, like they were the, the conference, Ohio state, I think they had a winter, no, the Illinois won it that year, but Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I think they beat Ohio State in the championship game. Actually, uh, obviously, Purdue's always going to be there, but like the Big Ten doesn't have the greatest track record in the conference. Yeah, so that was an example of yeah, like every, they just kind of cannibalized each other. No one got a good, uh, no one got a good seed, and yeah. and that was the, that was the year Ohio State lost to uh, Oral Roberts. Yeah, yeah, and it's just going to be even more more great games. If you're tired of the NBA, please check out college basketball. Some of the best stuff is nothing better. We got a couple more games later this week. We got Houston taking on Baylor. Houston obviously coming off that big win at Iowa State and Baylor's playing BYU tough right now. Then we got UNC Virginia. Virginia is the typical Virginia. Not a whole lot of scoring. I think they've scored like 80 points in the past two games, if that. Um, they won like 48 to 45 to, against Wake Forest. Um, and then Alabama and Kentucky, uh, later this week. Um, college basketball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that Houston Baylor game, I, I, I caution the, uh, the viewers get ready for a terrible camera angle. You're going to need your binoculars, oh. but the game. Will be oh, a great basketball no. game. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. In, in Waco, you know, it'll be a great atmosphere. Virginia. I mean, if there's a panic button in front of me, I am slapping that thing so damn quick. If I'm a Virginia fan, you mentioned the lack of scoring, uh, 41 and 49. So 90 points in their last two combined. Um, it, but also in those two games, you said Wake Forest. They were at home for that game. Yeah, that was scored tough. 49. They did win. Two-point win at home, scored 49. They went one for 11 from the free throw line yeah. in that game. And then they go to their in-state rival and get run off the floor by 34. They lost to Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah, Virginia, that panic button is getting getting absolutely hammered. And then before that, uh, they also lost to Pittsburgh at home. So, yeah. Ew, yeah. Ew. Not looking great for Virginia. They've fallen out of the top 25 now uh, with the new rankings that came out. Um I mean, I don't think they're in the bubble. I think they're in, but like, yeah, it's, it's got to it's, figure. It's it's not 
it's, it's more so than Wisconsin. It's you need to figure this mm-hmm. out now, uh, for, for Virginia. And then also uh, to wrap it up, I mean, Alabama, Kentucky, like that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, I believe in the two top dogs in the, or minus Tennessee. Yeah, I, but... I feel like Alabama is not getting enough love. They no. are red hot right now. They are. They, they, they are. I mean, I think Tennessee's clearly the cream of the crop in the For SEC. Sure. Uh, but, but Alabama might be the second best team with Auburn looking shaky uh, you know, yeah. as of late. So um, big test for uh, for Alabama there going to Lexington. But, yeah, I, I'm really excited for all these games. Maybe not so much UNC Virginia because I do not like watching Virginia. No, it's the worst. But, uh, it's the worst. But I respect Tony Benneman. He, he, he can do the damn thing. And they won a national championship. So, uh, you know, who am I to criticize? But, yeah, this Houston Baylor, Alabama, Kentucky, in the words of our dearest darling Jake Marsh, Calcorn. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for episode 120 with the ending of football season. We talked about a lot. We talked about college football with their playoff expansion, some baseball, some terrible coaches. We talked about how everyone's mad at Iowa all the time. The abysmal, the abysmal all-star weekend. And of course, wrapped up with NCAA basketball. But the clock has run out on this one. But we'll see you on the next one on Crunch Time.